Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today, we're getting to end... Honestly, this has been my favorite financial series. Um, I'm just going to be honest. If you've been coming to Foundation Church for a while, um, we do these every once in a while. I haven't preached on money in probably two years. Um, And we're in a series called Money, Myths, and Magic. Money, Myths, and Magic. And we've been talking about stuff, and I've made sure to have illustrations because I'm trying to treat this like children's school, uh, children's church. Um, So you're like, oh, that went so bad. He had candy. Um, So... Today I want to talk to you about the myth, the rich people myth, right? The rich people myth. And growing up, I thought I had a myth of what rich people were. Like what, if you had this, then this meant you were rich, right? And chances are, it's not just me, you had this myth too. Like you saw things, you're like, oh, they're rich, right? Like they use $100 bills for toilet paper, right? So, um, Here's, here's some of the things. When I was young, I thought you were rich if you had this. If you had a big screen TV, like growing a child of the 80s and 90s, like you remember the ones that had like the bulbs that like reflected back to the TV? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you do. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, or if you had a TV in your conversion van, come on, somebody. You were rich. Got a TV in your van? What? If you could put gas in that band now, you are rich. <laughs> if you as a kid had a power wheel, right? Some of you remember the Bigfoot power wheel truck that you got to just step on and it went, or the Barbie Jeep. Some of you girls had a Barbie Jeep and your brother always stole it, right? Um, so um, I, I didn't have one of these. My dad's like, you got two good feet and two good legs. You got a big wheel and a bike? Go, loser. Um, so... Um, <laughs> If you had a power wheel, you were a rich kid. Me and my kids thought that. They're like, yeah, those are rich kids. Um, if you had a sports car or convertible, growing up, if you had a Z28, come on, somebody right now. Smokey and the Bandit, like if you had, oh man, if you had one, I was like, yep, yep. If you had the Nintendo that had more than Super Mario Brothers, you actually had games that you didn't have to just go rent a Blockbuster. Come on, some come on, right? Like, like, like you're. If you had the Nintendo that came with the gun and duck hunt, you, my friend, I wanted to come to your house because you had like, like Hostess snacks and not Little Debbie snacks, right? Like we're getting Little Debbie was for poor people. I had Little Debbie, right? Like a Star Crunch forever. If you went. To the mall to buy your clothes. I'm getting ready to take some of you back here in just a second. Instead of Anthony's or Venture. How many of you remember Venture, right? All our teenagers are, what What in the heck is this guy talking about? If you had a fridge that had an outside electric ice dispenser or water, everybody's like, oh, who doesn't have that? Poor people. Right? Like our ice maker never worked in our fridge ever growing up, right? Ice trays all the way. So if you had an ice dispenser or water that dispensed on the outside of the fridge and it was one of these, I don't know, French door, I I don't know, but it opened like this, rich. (laughs) If you could afford Hickory Farms in the mall, right? Like, 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 uh, let me just be real honest. Like, 
My favorite thing was going to the Hickory Farm store in the mall, and I just get samples the whole time. But then you had rich people walking out with their bougie cheese ball and summer sausage, walking around with a bag, and they had all, you're like, oh, you don't have to show off, right? You got Rolex too. Dang. And if you had Grey Poupon and actually used it, right? Like it was the finer things. And here we go. We, 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 this, is what I re- this is really what I thought constituted a rich person, right? Hickory Farms and Grey Poupon. And yet you're there. You know this. We, we kind of look at that and like, yeah, that, that's not, no. That doesn't constitute what we would call a rich person. And here's the great thing. Most of us, what we think is a rich person isn't. Here, here's the myth I'm going to bust. The myth that you think rich people are, you're a rich person. I'm talking to all of you. Some of you are like, he must be talking to, to him, to him, because I know he's not talking to me, right? Compared to the rest of the world's population, you in this place are considered the richest of the rich. Let me throw these stats at you for just a second. If you make $25,000 a year before taxes... $25,000 a year before taxes, you're in the top 6.6% of the global population, meaning you are richer than 93.4% of the world at $25,000 a year before taxes, even if you live in California, right? Let's double it and say you make $50,000 a year before taxes. If you make $50,000 a year before taxes, you are in the top 1.5% of the world's wealthiest people, meaning you are richer than 98% of the world. Let that sink in. Here's a great news I have for you. You're rich. Woo! So everybody, we're going to say, I'm rich on three. And you better say it like you just struck gold. One, two, three. I'm rich, right? Like you don't have to go to prices, right? You're rich. You don't have to win the showcase showdown, right? You're rich today. Like you're rich. How awesome is that? So if you came to church and you're like, oh, great. He's talking about money and going to talk about how poor I am. No, 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 no. Let's have a real proper view of what the myth of, of rich people we thought is Hickory Farms and Great Poupon. No, it's sitting right here in these, these seats, right? Almost said pews, right? You are rich. And here's the great thing is that the Bible talks specifically to rich people. And it's not in a condemning way. It's not in a condescending way. In fact, Paul talks to Timothy, his apprentice, and he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. It says this, teach those who are rich in this world, welcome, Not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Hello, stock market, right? Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true Life. Here's what the Bible wants us to understand from this text, and we're going to dig into it a little bit more, is this, is that, number one, rich people shouldn't feel guilty, they should feel responsible. Right? You shouldn't feel, the, the Bible says here, right here in our text, right, that their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Enjoy it. 
You probably never heard a pastor say that. Like, it's, it's not bad to have money. How many of you, I like money. How many of you is with me? Like, I like money, right? Like, how many of you like air conditioning? I like it. I love air conditioning. Guess what? That means you're rich. Enjoy it. Enjoy the air conditioning. Enjoy it. Don't be like, oh, I hate this air conditioning. I still wish they'd turn it off. Shut up. <laughs> Bible's instructing us to enjoy what the Lord has blessed us with. And so many times we come into church and we feel guilty because we're rich. And today it's not about you feeling guilty. It's about you flipping a script and you feeling responsible. Because God's blessed you. To whom much has been given, much is required. Right? you got a responsibility. You've got some requirements because you've been placed in a place of blessing. There is some responsibility that you and I have. But here's the problem. We go wrong and we kind of get off track when it comes to being responsible followers of Christ when it comes to our finances. So let me give you two ways we kind of get it wrong. First one is this, is that we start, right, we start thinking that it's ours, that all the money is ours. James chapter 1 says every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's not yours. It's been entrusted to you. God's entrusted you with what is his. How many of you love peanut M&Ms? I mean, you just you, you, you salivate on people. Brandon Hayes, come up here, buddy. Come up here. He's like, dang it, I should have known not to raise my hand. I got a party, party-sized peanut M&Ms. I opened it. These are my M&Ms. Did you buy these M&Ms? No. He said no. You know who bought these M&Ms? Justin Graves did. You know who's the daddy of these M&Ms? Justin Graves is the daddy <laughs> of these M&Ms. But here's, here, I'm going to give you my M&Ms. They're yours. All I want you to do, all I want you to do, I, I need five people that love M&Ms. One, you already did it. Sit back down, Connor. You had too much sugar. You find five people, just let them get a handful. The rest is yours, Right? The rest is yours. And as he's going and doing this, here's what I want you to know, right? Here's what I want you to know. As Brent, like I told you, it was going to be like children's church, right? You're getting a snack in the middle of a lesson. There's a little illustration happening right now. You're like, okay, where's the animal crackers and the, the Kool-Aid? Um, we serve Kool-Aid later after you've gotten really deep into this thing. But, okay, everybody focus back up here because some of you are really focused in on M&M's. You know why Brandon Hayes has no problem giving away M&Ms? They, they weren't his. <laughs> like, those are my M&Ms. I paid my money. Like, uh, we didn't use the church's funds. <laughs> like, this is Justin and Casey Graves. I mean, my girls are probably mad right now. Like, well, we had M&Ms? Like, we've had them since Friday, right? Like, sitting in the house, hiding. Because I don't trust myself with M&Ms, Right? He doesn't have a problem getting them out. He's still walking around. <laughs> you know why? Let the big dog eat. They're not his. It's easy to give it away when you understand it's not yours. It's a lot easier to be responsible when you understand it's not yours in the first place. And can I tell you, your bank account has a lot of peanut M&Ms in it. And all those peanut M&Ms in your bank account aren't yours. They're his. And when we get a correct biblical view of our finances, it's a lot easier to give it away and be responsible with it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 13 and 15 says this. There's another serious problem I've seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. 
Money is put in risky investments that turn sour and everything is lost. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born, and we can't take our riches with us. You can't take your M&Ms with you. You can't. So give them away. Understand, man, it's a lot easier for you to release it when you realize it's not yours in the first place. And it's easy for us to say that, but man, realizing it is a whole nother level. Here's the second thing. Here's where we go wrong, is that we think we're poor when we're actually rich. Right? Where, why aren't we responsible? Because we think we're actually poor when we're actually rich. We have a poverty mentality, but a rich person's reality. Right? You got a poverty mentality. Well, I'm poor. No, you're not. You're rich. We just proved that compared to the rest of the world. Maybe next year, maybe you're not rich, but stop comparing to just this room and compare to the rest of this world. And the passage of scripture that is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 is talking to you and me. Tell those who are rich in this world. You got a poverty mentality, but a rich person's reality. And until you realize who you truly are, You'll never function as you truly were meant to function, right? When we go to restaurants, say we go someplace nice like Charleston's, right? We're sitting at Charleston's, and you know the family. You know the family. They got a kid, and they just think it's cute to let little Tommy run around the restaurant and beg for queso. You're not getting my queso, kid. I don't know you. Sit down. (laughs) Stop breathing on my food. It's gross. It's nasty. I don't know you, right? And they just think their kid's the cutest thing in the world. Can I tell you what Tommy needs? Tommy needs his butt whooped and sat in a chair instead of running around. Parenting series coming up, right? Like when we went out um, with some friends when the girls were a lot younger, Chloe wasn't even able to like walk around. Um, But Charlie was. We went out with some friends and they just let their kids go crazy. And I'm not talking Chick-fil-A. Like that's one thing. Like Chick-fil-A, I'm talking, no, no, no. We're talking a Mexican restaurant. And their son's running around. Charlie looks at me, and I'm like, don't even think about it. But, but, but there, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not what the graves do. The graves are different, so we function different. We don't lose our minds just because other people lose their minds, right? Your graves, you're going to act like a graves, and you're going to be different. When you understand your identity, your finances look different. Some of us, were trying to divorce our finances from our faith, but they're interconnected. And that's why Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And when you understand whose you are and you understand whose it is, it functions and it operates differently. And you start operating responsibly rather than irresponsibly, rather than greedy. And you start understanding the commandment that's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's go back to it. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So here it is. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Not just at the end of the year when you need your tax write-off. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Here's what I want you to know. Somebody's like, man, our church must be hurting for you to do a finance series. Our church is doing better than it's ever done, ever, in the history of Foundation Church. So, So this is not... This is not a message and this is not a series based out of need. Here's what this message is based out of. I want to make sure you have your money instead of your money having you. 
right? Because some of us, our money has us instead of us having our money. So here's the charge that Paul gives us, right? It's this, and it's my last point today. Wow, right? Stay responsible and get busy doing good. Foundation Church, we got to stay responsible and we got to get busy doing good. Right? And it's not just a me thing. This is a we thing where we are responsible and we aren't thinking about doing good. We aren't thinking about being rich in good works, but we are busy doing good works. Right? Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. Let that sink in. You, you, me, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There's good deeds so that everyone will see. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Command those who are rich to be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Man, the first sermon series we did when we came into this church, we did a series called With Good. Some of you remember that, right? And we talked about how we are not going to be a church that complains about everything. We're not going to complain about the school system. We're going to get involved and help change the school system, right? We're not going to complain about our government. We're going to get involved and try to, like, do what we can to help change the government. We're not going to complain about lost people. We're here to be a place where the lost can be confound people, right? Like, messes are welcome. We're here to make a difference, and the only way we make a difference isn't by playing it safe, isn't by playing prevent defense, but is by getting busy doing good, right? So here, here's, here's probably one of my favorite parts of the message. I want to let you know the good we are doing as a church. Um, in May, we put in a new water system in Sukanani, which is a village in Kenya where we've already planted a church. We've already got a playground. Um, Pastor Jonah, some of the guys will know who I'm talking about. Um, they've got a school, and they had no water. And these kids had to go down to the river where there's hippos, where there's crocodiles, where there's disease in the water. There was no clean water, but now they have clean water. These kids have a place where they can have clean water. Here's cool thing about this is this, is that they have actually have so much water in this water catchment system, they've opened it up to the village. And now this place, this church, is the massive hub for the entire village, and people are coming to know Jesus Christ because of you, Foundation Church, because you're being busy, being rich, and doing good deeds. Tomorrow, like this Monday, June 27th, we are starting a new school picture of it in a village called Kipsurit, right? There is no school around. We planted a church in here in 2021 right next to this school, and we are building a school because there's no school for these kids to go to. So they have no future, they have no education, but this school is being built. It is opening tomorrow, and we haven't had a first day of school, and we already have 75 students enrolled for a school for them to answer and then to step into their future. Here's where they're at. You know what? This is such a poor village and community that they've 
the kids don't have money for uniforms. Foundation Church is buying them uniforms. They, a lot of these kids don't have money for a meal a day. We're going to provide lunch every day for a year, Foundation Church. Why? Because they, the Bible tells them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. We are going to be partnering with a school in Broken Arrow called Aspen Creek Early Childhood Center. Robin Sapato's school. Um, she's the principal there. They would like four or five volunteers. I love this. All the mamas are getting ready to lose their mind, right? They'd like four or five volunteers to help with the drop-off on the first day of school, which is August 26th, and the following week. These are three and four-year-olds who are being dropped off maybe for the first time, and they need people that can come and help them with that transition by walking them to class and holding them if they're crying. They will assist our little ones transitioning from their parents to their teachers. We also talked about having volunteers come and perhaps eat lunch and sit with those students we identify that are from a broken family or have lost a parent. We're gonna be partnering with Robin and with Aspen Creek Early Childhood Center. I will not be walking children to their class to the, to the teacher, because I'll be like, suck it up, baby. But <laughs> some of you, you have that gift of compassion, mamas, right? Why would we do this? Because it's a lot easier, right, to complain about schools, but it's all something together different to go in and make a difference and to let people see our good works that point to Jesus and is making Jesus famous to others. We're going to be partnering this fall with Jefferson Elementary right here at 81st and 169. Jefferson Elementary is looking for people that, to come and assist teachers, tutors, kids, and even create, this is crazy, create after-school clubs. After school clubs where you get to just impact students, there's a a school asking churches for help. Let that sink in, right? These schools are wide open. They don't have a specific thing for us to do, but they're they're open for us creating things to do. Why why, Why would we not do that, right? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father, man, let's be rich in doing good things. Let's do something. Let's not just talk a good game, but let's put our money and our actions where our mouth is, right? We're getting ready this fall, and we're working on this to work with City Serve Ministry. This is a ministry that is specifically designed to meet the need of ladies that are coming out of abusive marriages or abusive relationships, especially those that have children, and they're on the run, and they're trying to protect and trying to get to a safe place, but they have no income, they have no way to have uh, uh, provide housing, and they're just getting into apartment to be lucky. This ministry comes and will train people, and our staff's going to be training people, and we're going to be asking some ladies to help us out, and you're going to go into this situation where this mom and her kids are hurting, and you're going to be able to assess what the need is. They need beds, we'll get beds. They need furniture, we'll get furniture. They need food, they'll get food. They need appliances, we'll get appliances, right? And we're gonna be able to not just meet a need, but talk to them about Jesus, invite them to church, and meet a need that is prevalent in our society. Why would we do this? Because the Bible tells us to be, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good, right? Let's be do-gooders that are rich in good works, and that's what we are gonna be focusing on, and what we're called to do as a church foundation church and this is a we thing but let me throw this out at you real quick because I got to stop we got communion how are you personally doing at being rich in good works 
right? How, how are you personally doing? And, and here's where we go. Well, when I get to a certain phase, I'll get to it. I'm just, I'm not well off enough. No, 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 you're rich, right? We just busted that myth. Well, well when, when I've got more time, can I tell you busyness is the best excuse to forfeit what you should be responsible in doing? We, we use the busy card all the time. We're not busy. We make time for the things we want to make time for, right? And the Bible says this, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And that first part of the message, some of us, that's us. Somewhere along the line, you got tired, right? You got, you got burned. You got hurt. You got wounded. You were involved in church, saw how it really works behind the scenes. I got to tell you, this is as big of a mess behind the scenes as it is up on the stage. I worked way too hard at being myself to start becoming a monster behind closed doors. Man, somebody said amen way too hard. Um, you got hurt. Because you got hurt, you got tired of doing what was good. Because if this is what happens when I'm doing good, I'm not even going to try. Some of you thought that when you'd start giving, all of a sudden there would be Giving magic that would happen, right? You know what I'm talking about. You've heard those sermons. I tell you, there's no giving magic. There's the law of sowing and reaping, right? And that's what he talks about right here. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Not your right time, his right time, right? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity... That means we're looking for opportunities and chances. We should do good to, everybody say it, everyone. Not people who look like us. Not people of just the same race as us. Not people who are just Democrats or Republicans or independents. Right? But to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Some of you, you didn't get thanked like you should have gotten thanked. Some of you thought, man, it would look different. But can I tell you, if you will keep sowing, if you'll keep doing good, don't get tired of doing good, but keep looking for opportunities, keep looking for moments, keep investing, keep sowing into God's kingdom instead of your castles, right? Keep volunteering, keep helping, keep looking. I know, man, I may be tired. I thought it would look different. Don't get tired of doing good because at a right time, if you don't give up, if you don't throw in the towel, they will see your good works and you will overcome evil by doing good because it's pointing to something bigger than you and me. It's pointing them to a savior that changes everything. And that's what we're called to do. I love what John Wesley said, and I'm closing with this. It says, do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can and all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. The Bible says this. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, we know how we should operate in our finances. We know how we should function. We know what our schedule should look like. If we know the good we ought to do and we don't do it, it's a sin for them. Man, there's a better way for you and for me to function than just knowing what we ought to do but not doing it. The better way is to live his purpose and his plan out for us, the rich people, right? Let's pray. Lord, we love you.
And God, I, I just thank you that we could come into this place. And man, church can be life-changing. It can, we can enjoy it. We can laugh. We can give M&Ms out. And Lord, people still be pointed to you. And God, I pray that in this message and out of this series, there's a lot of us, we're trying to divorce our finances from our faith. But God, that's just not true. We can't do it. And Lord, we've been arguing all throughout this series. We've been excusing all throughout this series. But Lord, I pray what James says is so true. We know what we ought to do, but if we don't do it, then we're missing the mark, which is called sin. For us, that's a sin. And so I pray today. The Lord, it's not just a prayer I say during the offering time, but the Lord, man, we would be so focused on your kingdom. Be so focused in building your kingdom and what you wanted to do in us and through us so that people's forever will be changed. And the Lord, the obsession of building our castles would fade away. The Lord, we'd finally realize that we're never going to find fulfillment building our castles and getting more stuff. Lord, it's not going to bring joy by having more stuff and more things, but Lord, the joy comes when we become responsible and how you've called us to function with our finances. Doesn't mean we can't enjoy it, but Lord, it does mean we gotta be responsible. So Lord, help us to be responsible givers and followers of you. And I pray that you would use this group of rich people to change this world, to change this community. And not so that Foundation Church gets credit, but that so people would know you have a plan and you have a purpose for their life and that it points people to Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here today and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and we want to give you a chance to change that. Today, maybe you're here. Maybe you've never made this decision. Maybe, maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with the Lord. And you come in week after week and you just keep pretending. And you keep pretending. And you want to pretend everything's okay. But can I tell you, nothing gets better by you not being real. And today I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, either way, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to lead you in another room. We believe God sees a hand and he changes the heart. And today if you're here, I'm going to invite you five seconds of crazy courage to make the best decision you could ever make to step into who God's really called you to be and grab hold of the life he truly has for you. If that's you, when I get to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You join these two, three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. And you join these three hands that are up across this place. I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these four individuals that raised their hand today. You say, Justin, where I'm at? I, I know. I know. You know. Maybe you're at home watching online. If that's you, I would just encourage you. It may feel weird, but raise your hand right in your house. You say, that's me. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer for me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. And amen. Can we give these four individuals, man, a huge round of applause? Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.